Hello and welcome to our Monday Night Bible Study. We are continuing our look into the book of Colossians and I am still working on my working on my setup here. Um, I want to thank everyone for joining me tonight. This is being uh, aired the day after the 4th, which is the 5th most of the places, but the 4th of July. So I do hope everybody had a had a great time last night at the uh, at the fireworks shindig thing, the uh, church picnic that we had. It was it was loads and loads of fun. Uh, there were lots of people that were involved in that and did a did a tremendous job, and it was just, it was great. It was it was a lot of fun. So uh, I am I'm happy to have been a part. Happy to have been able to show up for that uh, I'm glad I'm, I'm proud to be a part of Caney Creek anyway well we'll move on from from the pleasantries and get into me being mean again uh, last week we almost got through chapter two we did not this week we're going to almost get through chapter three and we will not uh, we we started with or we got to the, um, let me, my computer's making noises and I hope no hope that didn't come across. We started into some of the, some of the heresies that, uh, that Paul was dealing with and the specifics of how he was going to deal with them. So we got all the way to verse number 20 in chapter two. So we are going to, we're going to continue there. But you've died with Christ, and he set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following the rules of the world, such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch? Such rules are mere human teaching about things that deteriorate as we use them. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. <clears throat> So some people have used this passage to affirm um, there's a there's a specific heresy called antinomianism that is a belief that if you are a Christian you are freed from any obligation of any moral law that there is nothing there is no morality that applies to you because you have been saved, you've been set free, you've been set free from the, the things of this world, therefore you can do whatever you want to do. And it just, everything's okay. And that was, we see some of that uh, today, uh, less, actually less so than probably what Paul is dealing with at this point, because they were, they were very much, if you are a Christian, there is not anything anything that you can do that is sinful because you're a Christian and I don't I don't know of anybody that that seriously believes that uh, today but that's not what Paul is talking about here he's not talking about that you're freed from the obligations of moral law if you read Romans chapter 3 you will understand how Paul feels about uh, morality and sinfulness and we're going to get into some of that later in fact the next few verses <clears throat> excuse me the law shows us how sinful that we are. The law shows us the places that we fall short. The law shows us 
where we need to repent. The law shows us where we are sinful. That is, that's the purpose of the law. It's a schoolmaster. It teaches us right from wrong. It teaches us how to live. It teaches us the things that we should do. Paul is never saying that you should discard, discard the law and not do anything with the law and just forget about the law. Uh, the law is a, is a useful tool. You're not, you can't be saved by following the law because you can never follow the law closely enough. You can't be saved by doing all the right things because you can never do all the right things rightly enough. <clears throat> But it's not about, I believe that what he's saying is it's not about the relationship, it's about the relationship that you have with God. It's not about, um, it's not about the things necessarily that you do. It's about learning to desire different things. It's, it, it is, it's about stepping beyond the, again, not ceasing to follow rules, Right but stepping beyond the rules into a deeper walk with God to where you no longer, you no longer have, you, the rules are just a thing that are just kind of a part of your life, right? There are, when you first learn to drive a car, uh, you are extremely focused. Like you put, you put that car in reverse for the first time and you will look at that mirror 1,100 times backing out of a driveway. You're just you're hyper focused on everything that's going on around you and all the stuff, but eventually you get to a point where <clears throat> you can drive a car and focus on other things. <clears throat> Some people focus on things too much besides driving when they're driving a car. Don't focus on your phone when you're driving a car. At least focus on the road and the people around you. Some, uh, <clears throat> but we're not focused on we're not so focused and so hyper focused on every individual aspect of driving a car that we can't do other things and we can't think other thoughts right so when you when you first start out living for god it can be that you're very concerned with what rules to follow and all this stuff and all the little things and the you know can i do this can i not do that and all that but eventually that should become second nature and we should move beyond that that should be just things that we do but we should move beyond and go into things that please god and things that god wants for us and things that god has for us to do um, there's, so he's not saying here that we can just do whatever we want because of grace. He's saying that there's a relationship that we can have beyond those restrictions. So it makes, it makes no sense for him to spend these verses talking about cutting away a sinful nature and then saying, well, I mean, except for if you want to do whatever you want to do, it's fine. There are no restrictions for a Christian. So when he's saying when he's saying touch not, taste not, handle not, all of these things, because you're doing, you're focusing on the things that are here, you're focusing on things that deteriorate, uh, the touching not, tasting not, and handling not are not the end goals. They're not the things that define spirituality. They're not the things that define how spiritual and how holy and how wonderful and how great and how close to God you are. Um, these are things that are going to fade away. These are things that are going to deteriorate as we use them. That's, it's just it's just not important. It's just, it's not, it's not that big a deal. There are... They're not the things that will ultimately save. They're not the fullness of the walk with God. They're not everything that God has for you. Um, there are lots of people that will live an extremely ascetical life and not be saved. There are there are people that live much more uh, restrictive lives than than any any Christian would. Um, so it's not it's not about what you don't do. It's about it's about the plan of salvation, right? It's about repent be, as 
Peter says in Acts 2.38, Repent, be baptized in Jesus' name, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is, this is where the plan of salvation is. This is what you have to do. You do these things, you receive the Holy Ghost, and then you allow the Holy Ghost to lead you into a deeper walk and a deeper relationship with God. And yes, you do have to go through this don't touch, don't taste, don't handle part of it. We have to learn things that God views as sinful. We have to learn things that God views as wrong. But we're supposed to be able to walk beyond that into a deeper walk and a deeper level of relationship with Him to where that stuff just becomes second nature and we don't worry about it anymore because we're trying to learn how to draw close and draw closer draw closer to him um what he's saying is is that the rules seem wise the rules seem smart it seems really deep and spiritual because it looks like you're not doing the things that you're supposed to do uh, but just not doing the things that you're not supposed to do don't doesn't really quell the desire for the things that you're not supposed to do the desire for sin, the inclination towards sin, the leaning towards sin, the, the dis, disjointed, disruptured relationship with God is more of a problem than the actual sin. It's the sinful heart that deceives, right? Jesus says if a man hates his brother, he has murdered him. If a man looks upon a woman to lust after her, he's committed adultery already with her in his heart. Um, th these are not... Jesus is making things harder, not easier. Paul is saying that it's not about the action that you take. It's about the attitude and the heart condition that you have before you take the action. Grace is not about permission to sin. Grace is about the creation of a new nature and the formation of a new nature in us. Uh, it's about cutting away of the old desires and the needs and the wants and the creation of a new set of desires and a new set of needs. It's about not longing for and seeking for the things of this world and the things that that the world has to offer and about learning to long for and seek for the things that God has to offer. It's about leaning towards God in our situations, about having a having a default that is towards God. Um, no longer seeking the things of this world, but seeking the things of the next world. So that's that to me, that's what he means by this passage. Move on from your old nature. Uh, move on from your old nature that requires these rules to behave properly, right? You should not have to have a set of rules to behave properly. You should just behave properly. Develop a relationship that allows you to behave properly and do the right thing without necessarily just considering all the time what the rules are. Again, this does not change what sin is, right? There are still things that we're prohibited from doing because they're sinful, but it does change the reason that I don't want to, that I'm not doing them. No longer am I not sinning because God's going to be mad at me. No longer am I not sinning because God's going to be angry or upset or I'm going to call down wrath. And we're going to get into that in a minute. Uh, but I'm living the way God wants me to live because I know that it makes God happy. And and ultimately. Ultimately, when you shift in the relationship from not doing things because you fear punishment to doing things because you want to please God, that is a that is a successful that's a successful and a mature shift in a relationship, and that should be the most important. It seems as though that should be the most important thing in my life is what can I do today that pleases God. No, since you have been right now, we're now we have made it to chapter three. So we're speeding right along. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life, 
and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Um, so see, this is not this does not sound like someone that's saying we should just do whatever we want to do and enjoy ourselves in this world as much as possible. Paul is saying that you died to this world. You you should you should have died to this world. Your your desires should be turned now towards towards God. Um, the reason the reason that you don't worry about the touch not taste not handle not rules is because that when you have a proper relationship with God, you don't desire to do the things that the rules prohibit. I, I, I hope that I'm doing my best to make myself as clear as possible on that. And sometimes I feel like some, sometimes I feel like that I'm just saying the same thing over and over again. And everybody wants me to stop saying the same thing over and over again. And sometimes I'm really, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make it clear. And maybe if I say it in a different way, I can get whatever is going on in my weird brain to actually come out of my mouth the way it's supposed to. So when Christ, who is in your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. So again, this is not... he. It seems clear that Paul is not telling us that we can just do whatever we want to do. Paul is saying this: these are a list of things. Understand, these are a list of things that you cannot do. You have to cut away the desire for these things, right? You you cannot live this way and claim or feel as though you are saved. So, remember, this is one of the heresies that is facing. First of all, that all material things are sinful. All right, this is the, the kind of a proto-Gnostic version, that all material things are sinful, and the more you can cut yourself out of the world, the holier you are. Right? If you can just, um, if you basically eat uh, porridge and you know, a cup of rice a day or whatever, then you're, you'll be holy and wonderful and you won't have any desires for anything. And that is that is not true. This Paul is Paul has specifically said that is that is not true because you won't change your desires for a thing just because you change the way that you you do a thing, right? People, uh, if you want if you want to know how to go on a diet, you ask a fat guy how to go on a diet, right? Because we know all the rules about we know all the rules about dieting, uh, and I've been, I've been on I've been on my fair share of diets. And so I've I've been through times when I I didn't eat the things that were delicious. I didn't eat the ice cream that was wonderful. I I didn't do that. Uh, now it didn't change my desire for it, right? If I had changed my nature and I had changed my desire for those things, then I wouldn't be eating those things now. So the problem with things like diets and the rules of the diet is that you don't change your desires, you don't change your base person, you don't change the desire for the things that are unhealthy for you. So it doesn't matter that you don't eat it. As soon as the rules fade, you will go back to doing the thing that you did before and you will end up in the same condition that you were before because you didn't change your desires and you didn't change your nature, right? So in the same way, Paul is saying here, you can't do these things. Sorry, I, that probably was loud. My, my hands are waving. You can't do these things 
but you have to change your desire for these things because once once your once your fear of the rules and all that stuff goes away you will go back to doing the things that your nature tends toward all right so the one view says all material things are sinful do whatever is necessary to survive but don't ever smile or have fun right the other heresy is that it's the antinomianism that everybody is filled with grace you do whatever you want to so he's telling them that there's a middle of the road here there's there is a balance that you have to strike there are things there are things that are prohibited to christians there are things that christians cannot do there are sins that christians can commit and god will not allow sin to enter heaven there are there are things that we cannot do right but there are all there is also good in the world right there there is by existence by its nature is a good God created things. God creates good, right? So existence by its nature is is a good thing. It can be it can be sinful, it can be uh it can be broken, it can be disjointed, it can be perverted. The 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 nature of the thing can be changed, right? But existence itself is a good thing. So Paul is saying that there is good here, but we should not desire the good that is here because the good here is only a reflection of the good that is there. Right, so we get we get to a place in our walk with God that we're not concerned with the do's and the don'ts and the do this and the don't do that, all of that stuff because our desire is not for the things of this world, but our desire is for the things of the next world. It's about our focus. It's about learning to reach for the right things. And the more I'm reaching for the right things, the more I'm reaching for the things that are good, truly good, the less I am going to desire the things that are bad. Paul never denies that there is a, I mean, Paul talks about the pleasures of sin, right? The pleasures of sin endure for a season, right? Suffering rather to, uh, suffering the afflictions of his people rather than to rather endure the afflictions of the people of God rather than to, I don't know, my nieces are humiliated right now that I have, I have messed up this quote, uh, mainly because in my brain I'm, I'm putting it in, in Hebrews and I, I'm fighting about whether or not Paul wrote Hebrews. Anyway, um, we talk about the pleasures of sin. There are, there are pleasures of sin. There are things that, that bring us, bring us happiness and bring us good in this life. Right. Um, and Paul is saying that those things are only a reflection of the good that is waiting for us there. So whatever goods that we have to deny ourselves here, whatever we think of as good that we have to deny ourselves here, if we can focus on heaven and focus on what God has for us there, then we lessen the desire for the thing here. All right? We go back to the healthy eating thing. If you focus on if you focus on what God has for you or what the advantage, the the goodness, the 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 advantage that healthy eating will bring, the health that you will get. Later, it is easier to deny yourself the thing now, right? So if we focus on heaven, it is easier for us not to worry about the little things that we do here. Because of these sins, again, there are sins, the anger of God is coming. So there is going to be judgment. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of this world, when you were still focused on this world, when you were still bent towards this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to one another, for you've stripped off your old sinful nature and all of its wicked deeds. So 
here's this is this is the thing. This is we 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 moved beyond. We've moved beyond touch not, taste not, handle not. Right. We've moved beyond these rules of things, and moved beyond because because that's that's the basics. That's what you everybody does. Everybody understands two plus two is four. We don't have to keep going over that when we're taking trigonometry class in high school, right? We don't have college algebra does not cover that. We understand those rules. Now we have moved into this this attitude part, this part in me. Like, don't get mad, don't get ang- don't get angry, just don't don't be filled with anger. You can be angry and sin not. I understand that, but this rage, this malicious behavior, the backbiting, the slander, the gossip, don't do those things, right? That is sinful. Don't deceive one another. Don't lie to one another <clears throat> because you have stripped off your old nature because all of these things are part of your sinful nature and part of those wicked deeds. And so now we, <clears throat> sometimes things get get sticky. Look higher, right? Look long for better. Don't settle for what the world has when God has so much more. <clears throat> get rid of the anger. Uh, get rid of the gossip. Get rid of the bad language. This is not cussing, necessarily. It is cussing. It's not just cussing. But it's also speaking ill of one another. It's causing division. It's seed planting. It's, it's, uh, it, it, is, it is just little, little things where you try to drive a wedge between one person and another person because you've decided you wanted to be friends with this one and they can't be friends with two people at the same time. So you want to drive a little wedge here and you want to plant a little seed here and you want to drop a little doubt in somebody's mind here. Get rid of all that stuff. All that stuff is childish and it's sinful. And you you don't get to you don't get to be saved. Uh, you don't get to be saved with that kind of stuff. Put on your new nature. Be renewed as you learn how as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and He lives. In all of us, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop right on this on this point, um, and see how how clear I can be without being offensive. Uh, racism is a sin against God because it is a slander against the people of God, and a slander against the members of the church and the people of God is a slander against Christ and the body of Christ. You cannot cannot underline that cannot under any circumstances go to heaven and be racist you cannot have hate in your heart and go to heaven it's a sin put on a new nature live in it walk in it continue to be renewed as you learn more and more about god as you draw as you draw closer to him as you learn more about his nature and about his ways um, as you grow in holiness and you draw draw nearer to God, you will continue to change. You will continue to evolve. You will continue to grow. And then the things of this world become less and less and dimmer and dimmer because you see the brightness that what of what God has to offer us. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves... Let me, let me check my time here. Oh, I'm doing good. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Now we're no longer talking about the ways that you clothe yourself physically, right? I believe all those things. 
That's good. Now Paul talks about the way that we have to conduct ourselves. We have to be merciful. You have to be kind. You have to be humble. You have to be gentle. You have to be patient. You have to remember that everybody's just flesh. Everybody's going to make a mistake. Everybody is going to fall. Everybody is going to do something wrong. Forgive anyone that offends you. The Lord forgave you, so you have to forgive others. If you don't forgive others, that's a sin, right? Okay. This is how this is how we have to behave. This is the standard. Tender, be merciful. Be kind. Be humble. Be gentle. Have patience. This is what it means to be a Christian. right? The other stuff, 2 plus 2 is 4. We understand that. All that's basics. This is where we're supposed to live. This is the fight that we're supposed to have. This is the thing that we're supposed to struggle with. right? Not that other stuff. Above all, <clears throat> clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. This is what love means, right? <clears throat> Excuse me, from 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient and kind. It's not jealous, it's not boastful, it's not proud or rude. It's not ever rude. We don't there's never never an excuse to be rude. Full stop. Not an excuse to be rude. It does not have to have its own way. It is not irritable. It does not keep track of when it is wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice even when that injustice happens to somebody that it that I don't like. Unless this is reflected in my life, I have not properly clothed myself in love. This is the standard that I'm reaching for. The physical clothing, the dress codes, all these things, they're baby steps. This is where mature people are. This is where the struggle is. It's not about what I wear. It's about how I act. It's about the things that I do. It's do I show and demonstrate love for my brother and my sister and my neighbor. Who is my neighbor? Everybody. Do I demonstrate love in everything that I do? When I'm arguing about what I wear rather than what I have clothed myself in, I'm still struggling with the beginning stages of a relationship and God wants me to grow beyond that. <clears throat> let, let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body you're called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom that he gives. Sing psalms and spiritual hymns and sing psalms and hymns and spirits hmm, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. If we want the promise of the peace that comes from him, then these are the things we have to do. We have to clothe ourselves in love. We have to walk with humility, with the welfare of others at the forefront of our minds. We have to work together as one body. We have to be unified. We have to allow the gospel message, the good news of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of sins, uh, the resurrection to a new life in us. We have to let that message and that gospel fill every part of our lives. Then we can have the peace. Right? That's, that's how we get that peace that we talk about. It's when the gospel fills us. Then we can speak to one another. Then we can encourage one another. Then we can walk alongside one another. Then we can help one another in the wisdom of the Holy Ghost. And we can truly be thankful because we can see how much God has forgiven us for. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus giving thanks through him to God the Father. Wherever I am, whatever I do, whatever I say, I am doing it as a representative of Jesus and his church. At a restaurant, at Walmart, on Facebook, uh, Facebook, on the phone, 
wherever I am, I am a reflection of Jesus Christ. I'm a reflection of what God has done for me. I'm a reflection of the church of Jesus Christ. And when my life does not measure up, when my Facebook posts don't measure up to the thing that I, the standard that I hold everybody else to, when my conversations on the phone don't measure up to the standards that I hold everybody else to, I am a poor reflection of what God has and what God can do in our lives. And I am out of time, but I made it under 30 minutes. I mean, count really counting up, counting the intro that was a minute long thing. I mean, I'm I'm like two minutes under. I I'm gonna put a little gold star up here on my monitor just so I can remind myself of how good I did with time. Lord bless you. Thank you so much for spending uh, 29 minutes with me this evening. Uh, I hope everyone had a great Fourth of July. Lord bless you. I love you. God loves you, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you.